Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. Yeah, just I, I lived in the in the North Adelaide area, so... I uh, did a few sort of junior clinics at North Adelaide and got involved out there a couple. So I've actually played mini league uh, for North Adelaide um, uh, with with the, with the Hillcrest Primary School. So uh, yeah, had an affiliation there. The brother played there and um, so on and so forth. But I uh, I actually didn't get a letter from North Adelaide to invite me out for the under 17s. And I rang wow. up KG. I rang, I rang up KG and. I, I harped onto him on the radio and just said, "Look, I'm, you know, my name's David, and my brother played, and da da da. I'm in the I'm in the North Adelaide area, and I want to go and play for Nord, and you know da da da. And then I think about a week later, I had a couple of blokes knocking on the front door. Wow, Painy, out of all those years, I never knew that. Yeah, so, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. so I had a couple of the coach and the team manager pop around, knock on my front door, uh, interview me, sit down with mum and dad, and yep, so. I didn't ever had any transport. Dad was working. Mum never drove, so uh, the manager used to pick me up, take me to footy training, and that's the, that was my first introduction to under 17s with uh, meeting Macca, and yeah, that was uh, quite interesting. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. that's that's a great story. Uh, not every day that you get a coach and a team manager roll up on your doorstep. Uh, normally, oh, no, I more... remember getting my letter and nothing like that. That's that's fantastic. I'm all going to no, thank no, was, KG. Really... Yeah, I'm going to thank yeah. KG out of this pony. I've actually got that interview. Uh, they actually sent it to me. Okay. Uh, on a on a on a tape. Yep. So so yeah, it's on. It's actually on a tape. So they actually sent it to me, and uh, I've got that here. And I listened. It was actually quite funny to, to listen to. But <laughs> yeah. but but uh, they. I didn't know I was going to make the side. Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. And welcome to Game On. My name's Pete. Once again, joined by Malcolm and um, David Payne. What a what a story that is! Is in that North Adelaide could have had an absolute gun uh, sitting on their doorstep, and Nord were the benefactors. 
and KG. That I will chase Payne out with that. There has been a bit of fun and uh, a few things have gone around the traps today because yeah, the I strikers heard. have signed I heard. David Payne. So Payne's played out on that a bit at least. So a bit of fun there with Payne. And we thank David Payne for his time and uh, part two of his interviews coming up uh, later in this yep. episode. So yep. looking forward to that. Around the Grounds. On Around the Grounds today, we'll talk some tennis, some SNFL uh, football with uh, Glenelg and their recruits and, and players that they've lost, uh, Adelaide United in the soccer. But we'll kick off with uh, the AFL. The one to four year players have returned uh, to start their first day of preseason with their new recruits. Yeah, I always find that a bit amusing. It's supposedly the one to fourth year, but all these senior players are out there. And if someone doesn't turn up, they get the hell bagged out of them, so they're just better off to be there. So just start everyone together. And yep. Of course, then we have the bit, the inve- inevitable bit, every club, every player's fitter, every player's quicker. Personal bests uh, have been ni- beaten from the year before. 93%, yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's, yeah, press button, rewind. We hear it all every every year, every club. Yeah, It's a bit different to back in the day where you'd sort of roll out to pre-season and ease your way into it. These days, the, the, they hit it at a million miles an hour. And these new draftees have got to, uh, got to hit the ground running pretty quickly as well. No one turns up like D. Jarman did one year where the plan was to run 15 or so Ks off. Uh, yeah, those days are well and truly gone. So it's it's a different era. Uh, exciting time for the Crows, uh, yeah. new recruits, and obviously Port Adelaide's new recruits as well. But uh, uh, we'll stay with the AFL. There's some teams, there's some coaches, and there's some clubs absolutely relishing the opportunity for opening round, which is going to be played on the East Coast while the NRL are away. Oh, look, I, I like the idea in terms of, have a crack in rugby territory while the mice, is, while the mice, the rats away. The mice will play. So have a go. Fantastic initiative by the AFL to to, to sort of change the the structure yeah, a little bit and not? and bring this round in. And look, the one I'm probably looking forward to is probably the Richmond Gold Coast match at the moment. Oh, look, it's not only that with the Hardwick bit there for me. Look, having watched the Allies a couple of times yep. and watched Walter, and I know I've gone on about that before, but. What they've picked up in the draft, don't worry, people are going to be surprised. Absolutely, and I think uh, Hardwick's coming in at the right time. I know oh. there's been a bit of hoopla on uh, Talkback Radio about Gold Coast with all of these players and all these academy picks, and they're going to be the next one to win three premierships in a row. And I think we sort of forget that GWS were tagged with this line a few years ago where they did have all these draft picks, and it really didn't translate to winning those premierships that they were that they, uh, I think that they both won. clubs have frittered away opportunities. Hopefully, you think by just getting Hardwick another name there, that might help retain players and then the next development. And look, they've got a list. I'll be very surprised if they don't make the eight. Well, they've got to make the finals first, yeah. and uh, ball hasn't been bounced yeah, in anger exactly. yet uh, as far as round one. Injuries, etc. So it's a, it's a you know, thing. But I'm just saying, if you offered me any list at the moment, mm-hmm. I'm jumping aboard the Gold, Gold Coast, Coast bus. Yep. Yeah. Um, obviously, Gold Coast. Uh, you know, is is Gold Coast a bit of a Brisbane? 2.0 with Lee Matthews obviously coming in. Yeah, it's a possibility. It, that, that sort of head coach that gives them that little bit of stability and drive and hopefully they can sell out, uh, what is it, Heritage Bank yeah, uh, Arena or whatever the, the yeah. Oval is these days. So good luck to them. But uh, just and on the... Always, let's also remember, no side in any sports really ever hit their tops at Gold Coast, on the Gold Coast. Yep. So 
it's just going to be interesting. See if they could reverse the yeah. trend. Sticking with the AFL, I know this is a little bit more with the AFLW, but we'll talk about it here. Nicole Livingston is to move on after the AFLW grand final, but she really saw the AFL through its transition period into an 18-team yeah, competition. I think we all knew they were expanding too quick, but sort of had to to try and get those club supporters on board. You know, it's worked the other way around. It had to start that way, so mm-hmm. girl, girl saw it and went, "Shit, I want to Oliver go playing." Uh, yeah, I want to be part of all it. that. So it's it's gone the wrong way around in terms of not building up from the bottom. It started at the top and built down, mm-hmm. but in terms of community level, and you know, we can almost see Paynham Oval from here. I know on a Saturday night when the Paynham girls were playing after the guys that it was generally an extra two, three grand over the bar that night, and that's mm-hmm. where. Clubs working, community clubs, community yep. clubs can work together more, and that it is significant. Also, girls around, guys hang around, vice versa, club wise. So there's there's a lot of pluses mm-hmm. about for community football with women's footy. Absolutely. Do we see Nicole Livingston's uh, time as AFL boss a successful one, considering the amount of players that they have? Sort of poached have. from other sports as well. I mean, this is the other thing. We've seen a lot of cross codes uh, that have come to the AFL that would normally not have even happened. Oh, it's hurting other sports. You know, the, the traditional, the netball, basketball side of things. It is hurting other sports because there's obviously so much more money around in the AFLW than mm-hmm. what there is in other sports. So it, it's got negative connotations in that way. But at least it's people out playing sport. Look, there's a lot of things still to happen in that. In the injuries which happen or a worry mm-hmm. and all that. So let's just wait and see. We've yeah. still got the concussion protocols yeah, that, that yeah. uh, is certainly yeah. important as yeah. well, but we'll, we'll talk about that one later. Yeah. We'll move on to cricket. Australia are currently 2-0 down in the T20. We've talked about this previously uh, earlier on today in that uh, the World Cup only finished uh, a couple of days ago and two days later they're, they're expected to back up. Some players are expected to back up for a T20 it game. Absolutely. Garbage! It is ridiculous that this Mickey Mouse series is being played. It's not respecting. You've won a World Cup. Something we're playing something two days later. It's crap. Um, Trouble is, seventy-eight cents in every dollar in world cricket comes from India. So that they rule the roost. Mm-hmm. Two, four, six, eight, jump up, whatever you know, the date, whatever we, India says. It's yeah. Has it has it got to the case where there has been a, uh, a an overload of of different uh, fingers in the pie, so to speak, that that each country, each association want their piece of the pie and have jam packed the the calendar so tight that there's not a really a lot of room to move. Oh, yeah. You know, as we spoke, we've previously interviewed Jake Weatherall today, and you know, as Weather said, when the strikers won, well. Within 24 hours, three players have left to go to the next circus event around the world. And so you're just not – yeah, you should be celebrating wins together and for team harmony. And mm-hmm. it's sort of, you know, bang, see, you, you're, you're – yeah, it, it's just not right. I, I know I'm old-fashioned in that way, yeah, but no. I, I just think there's areas there where the greed has take, overtaken common sense. I, I know that the AFL want – AFL on 365 days a year or 366 days a year. Cricket is sort of being a little bit that way at the moment as well. But like you said, we uh, we pre-recorded our interview with Jake Weatherall and, and, you know, his movements in where he's got to go and how he's had to move around 
Uh, it's just the strain on uh, players these days is absolutely huge, and I can understand why a couple of the Australian players haven't performed so well in the T20 so far because they've really won the the, oh, you, the one thing that they cared about for the last just, month and a half. Just wanting to be home. And I'm sorry, with a bit of common sense, Travis Head's playing in the Shield game. Now, now you know, hey, come watch Travis Head, mm-hmm. um, Australian uh, one-day wonder, come and celebrate Travis. It could have really, really pumped up. Well, you could have had four, five hundred people at the oh, at, yeah. at the game. That I mean, I know that's probably being um, generous, but oh well, no, they they don't help themselves. The stupidity of charging ten bucks to get in and seventeen dollars to park your car mm-hmm. is just insane. And there used to be a regular five hundred or so pensioners who were there, and they've all stopped going. Yep. So it is just so dumb by the sacker, but they don't listen. No, but obviously with the jam-packed calendar, the, yeah. they don't get that opportunity, yeah. and then we don't get that opportunity to, to see a, a local hero uh, in Travis playing. But uh, how do we see Australia going for the remainder of the series? Is it something that they're not really sort of invested in? And I think they're just on a countdown to time to get home. Yep, yeah. and that's a fair yeah. call too. I mean, yeah, they've been away in India crazy. for the last, uh, what is it, oh. 43 days? or Yeah, whatever, last... Yeah. 25 years. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, we'll stick with cricket. Uh, the Redbacks playing Victoria yeah. currently at the Adelaide Oval. It was a delayed start because of the uh, wild weather in Adelaide. Uh, we, we're recording a touch earlier than we normally do, but uh, 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 South Australia got off to a pretty positive start. Oh, look, full credit to the ground staff for getting the game on away, but you know we had Victoria 576 and... oh. We might have had technical difficulties. I might have predicted it earlier, and we might be recording this again. Mm-hmm. Sam Harper was the worry. I did say that you before did. he batted, and he's bloody made a hundred in hundred odd not out. So, urgh, frustration again. Where's Agar uh, taking three wickets there early? Uh, obviously, the pick of the South Australian bowlers. But you're right, Harper uh, currently a hundred and one not out, and Victoria currently five for one eighty seven. I was really hoping that the Redbacks would tidy them up for uh, around about 130, 140 and hopefully get a um, a first inning start, but it didn't didn't happen that way. But, um, yeah, um, what, what do we expect from here, mate? Yeah, move on, next time. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, the WBBL, we really haven't given the uh, WBBL strikers uh, enough airtime uh, in the last couple of weeks because of the World Cup, but uh, they're off to another final. They're aside. They're very even, uh, and that and that was their, with their strength last year. They've built on very reasonable amount of depth in bowling. Uh, Brown coming back into the back in uh, from injury in the last couple, uh, week or so has helped. Mm-hmm. Here and Megan Schutz, uh, Amanda Jane Wellington's had another good year with a with the with her leggies. Bridget yep. Patterson's ended up keeping and has had a, quite a good series. Still got Talia McGrath. Um, heart the South African import. So yeah, they're not as probably as thing, but probably it's not star deep, started. Not are star study, but probably go a bit deeper. And uh, yeah, look forward to Saturday night and see how many get to Adelaide Oval. It will be interesting. It uh, bills itself to be one of the uh, the great uh, finals. With like we've said previously, yeah. any South Australian team that you know starts getting on a roll and looks like they're going to win a trophy, uh, we're we're fully supportive. And they did it last year, and we're hoping that they back it up. Oh bloody oath! 
Yeah. All right, we move on to the AFL. W, the preliminary finals in both men's and women's always are an entertaining game. It didn't let us down on the weekend with uh, Brisbane and Geelong and Adelaide and North Melbourne playing some absolutely brilliant uh, prelim finals. Yeah, there was. There was some some good footy, but some frustrating turnovers. And, you know, I, I do go on about it, but that's where I want to see the game the next it's improved, and I think Adelaide, yeah. Adelaide this year hands improved, giving the quick handball, and they had Kelly particular to run through and carry, but it's the disposal by foot. Yep, and certainly they're on ballers. That that is their big weakness. And look, Ebony Marinoff gets the ball a lot, but still disposal, and they're still. She's improved, mm-hmm. but there's still big technical weaknesses there. She quite often looks at the player she intends to kick the ball to and eyes don't go back down on the ball before yep. kicking. Now, that should be something, honestly, I will just be practising and practising with her. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm disappointed that, for mine, she's still making the same error as she was four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Still goes to, runs to the wrong spot. Shouldn't be demanding the ball deep in defence because she hasn't got the leg to carry the line. Yep. Should be roving off that contest back then. Yes, enjoy it. And I'm sure defenders love it. She runs back, works hard. But I think there's got to be a bit more nous about it. That's my Absolutely. beef. Well, that's a great observation about looking at the player and not looking yeah. at the ball. Uh, that's something that can be corrected, uh, you know, over an off-season break. Uh, if Matty Clark's listening, uh, not that he's going to listen to us, but uh, I'm sure that that's something that uh, that they'll oh, be looking at. But I may have had a couple of conversations yeah. with him about Ebony along no, the journey. Fair so, and yeah. we've talked about Ebony yeah. previously. That yeah. you know her her sea ball get ball is her amazing. Effort, her effort, her intensity. She's probably the hardest player in the comp. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of her tackling. There's things to love about Ebony Marinoff. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But geez, there's some frustration over. I think she could be a lot better. Yep. And that's something that they can work on. But uh, uh, Adelaide just missing out by the solitary point. Yeah. Uh, frustrating, but you called it, mate. And I wish I had a little sound grab, but you did say that it would be a, a Brisbane-North Melbourne grand final, and uh, that's how it's played out. Look, it sounded weird that I, I left that game against North Melbourne when the Crows had fallen in, saying North Melbourne will win it. And I did know, I ran into a couple of, North, Adelaide, North Melbourne people I knew mm-hmm. as walking across North Oval and I said, I reckon you, you're going to win the flag. And, of course, it's a bit of a hollow line when you've just won a yep. game. Then They're thinking you're, you're half-taking yep. the Pump, Pumping the tyres up a little bit, yep. But I was genuine and I think they will. We'll wait and see. Obviously, you know, uh, so the game's in Melbourne, so yep. that probably does help North Melbourne a bit. But I, I was really impressed it. I said that's one that was one of the most unusual games that, hang on, I really reckon they've outplayed by Adelaide by five goals but somehow managed to lose. Yep. And I think that was still a little bit on the weekend where North Melbourne really looked the better side the majority of the game. Probably had a couple of umpiring decisions early which were yeah, more than iffy and had a bit of luck there, but it was just Adelaide's turnovers. Absolutely, and uh, both in the men's game and the women's game, they do burn you along the way. Yep. And, gee, uh Geelong really took it up to Brisbane. Uh, at one stage there, I almost flipped your message going, it looks like uh, yeah. you might, well, half of the equation was done as far as getting the grand final to the home of football, which yes. you've called it previously yes. at Nord Oval there. And 
Geelong, I, Geelong. I thought I might have been t- uh, on the scoreboard at a grand final for a sec. So have, don't worry, I was hoping. Absolutely, and they, Geelong, you know, really took it up to Brisbane, and yeah. they've they've made giant huge, steps this year, huge. really, haven't they? Massive, and I, I think we thought at the start of the finals, well, there's the top four, and then the others fall away, and the inevitable results will yep. happen, and it did happen, Adelaide, Sydney, yes, but then it. Geelong was the one who turned it on the head, beat Melbourne, and then nearly, very nearly beat Brisbane. Absolutely. So, yeah, fantastic. They uh, really gave uh, Brisbane a run for their money, and uh, for a while there, uh, yeah, even I was starting to believe that uh, it was going to happen. But uh, you did call it Brisbane uh, North Melbourne Grand Final. Who's your tip, mate? I'll go. For, I'll go the Roos. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm sort of leaning towards North Melbourne. It is going to be played at Icon Park. Yeah. Um, North. Tools and their speed uh, is tools. very, very noticeable. And uh, if they can bring the pressure that they brought against the Crows, not only here at North Oval but also last weekend, I think yep. they're a pretty good chance to yep. to start off North Melbourne's rebuild of a club uh, on the right foot. Yeah, uh, hopefully it does get a bit of momentum there. And you know, any publicity is good publicity. Winning publicity, absolutely. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the AFL awards season for the AFLW has uh, been and gone, and uh, Monique Conti wins the league's best and fairest with two rounds to spare, effectively with 28 and a half disposals uh, on average, uh, 7.3 clearances, 418 metres gained, 5.3 tackles, and probably one that's very, very important is three and a half, 3.5 score involvements per game, and We've talked about this brief, briefly uh, earlier that uh, that's probably the key statistic here is ga- metres gained and yeah. goal assists. The metres gained you know, in a side which was an average side is huge and then to also be involved in 3.5 score involvements, remembering the length of the game, yeah. people jump all over women's footy and jump, oh, oh it's, low, it's too low scoring, but it's people forget it's about half the length of a men's game and that's, that's more than significant. Absolutely, and uh, Monique Conti, uh, a cross-code uh, player, yeah. uh, wins the award Monday night, Tuesday morning. She's uh, she's back on the uh, on the uh, basketball court, uh, preparing for uh, her next lot of uh, games, which is just insane. Shows a real sports nut too, and think she's a tiger and should have been a dog. So yeah, well done to the Tigers there. Absolutely, all right, and. Um, just to finish off on the awards, uh, four Adelaide Crows players making the All-Australian squad, Chelsea Bedil. Yeah, had a very good year in defence. Um, really came of age as a defender, especially with Sarah Allen out, mm-hmm. overtook as the Crows' key defender and was very, very good. And Nam um, Kelly uh, getting her first yeah. uh, go at All-Australian? Ran, carry, really impressive. Um, I think she was probably their biggest improver mm-hmm. in terms of a player from the impact previously had in the competition. Yes. In that way. So I'm not saying from Adelaide no. overall. Um, I, I think she was definitely the big improver and her, her ability to run and carry yeah. was very noticeable, and especially in a couple of tight games where yeah. they needed that little bit of carry. Kick the goal against North Melbourne exactly. to get him up. Exactly. Um, uh, Ebony Marinoff, we have talked about previously. Yeah. Uh, see ball, get ball, gets plenty of it. Yeah, um, just, as we said, still respect that, but just... I just want to see other things, but yeah, it's let's not also. I'm not not saying she's not a very good player. So no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think she's richly rewarded. I think that's her fifth or sixth yeah. All Australian selection. So certainly a, a player that has been around the mark. And then Daniel Ponter. Yeah, a very good year. And Anne Hatchard, was very a unlucky. very controversial omission to say yeah. 
more than controversial emissions. So, yeah. We'll, um, we'll take a very, very quick break. We'll come back with the tennis, the SNFL, and the soccer. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Kick off with tennis. Australia making the Davis Cup final. We probably could have talked about it a little bit last week, but Australia going down to Italy in a uh, one-sided affair, really, in the end. Yeah, they had chances in the games. and yeah. then I, I did hear an interview with Leighton Hewitt, and you could really tell in his voice how down he was. And, yeah, got it up and about again, and... Look, I respect Leighton for his, you know, his love of Davis Cup and all that. And he he correctly is pushing to get back to the home and away, home and away, because yep. the, the series at the moment is really hard to follow and it's almost impossible to understand it. Well, it's a little bit like cricket in that they're jam packing the oh, calendar and yeah. trying to have players, you know, really within one little area at a time and utilizing that the the travel time. But part of the uniqueness to the uh, Davis Cup format is the home and away uh, style of format yeah. where you get an we opportunity. Knew you played against them last time away, you bloody beauty. We've got them here at home next time. Yep. It was a huge thing, Davis Cup. Now it's, yeah. Hey, Australia made a final mm-hmm. and you just almost forgot they were in it. Yes. Now, back the older, when Australia were in the final of the oh, Davis Cup. Everybody knew. Wow. Yeah. It has been 20 years since Australia won yeah. the uh, Davis Cup. They're obviously. Uh, Looking to break that drought, but unfortunately coming up a touch short on this yeah. occasion. But we do also forget they made the final last year as yeah. well. So it's not like Tennis Australia or Australian tennis is certainly in the doldrums. They're around the mark, just falling short against yeah. the Canada last year and Italy this year. And I think something like 46 or 47 or 50-odd years since Italy have won a Davis yeah. Cup. So that that's a positive that's, from yeah. a tennis Point of view and Yannick Sinner obviously getting the job done against Dimonor and Popper and uh, unfortunately coming in for an injured uh, Tanasi Kokonakis um, didn't quite get the job done yeah. there and disappointed as well. But they've had a fantastic year. Yeah, uh, it, we just I just wanted to get back to the Holy Grail. It was absolutely, absolutely. All right, we move on to the SNFL. Uh, each week over the next couple of weeks, we're talking about each club. Um, there will be some changes to the list uh, as it goes on because, um, you know, AFL uh, lists yeah, uh, spot are available. Happen, so yeah. we're just going to scratch the surface with it and we'll, we'll circle back to it. But yeah. on the information we've got so far, we'll, we'll talk about Glenelg today. Recruits, uh, Chris Curran uh, returning from Prince Alfred College. Yeah, it's a big one in that. He was a good player and, yeah, decided to give it away and four years later come back. So it's quite unusual. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the best. And also today, Glenelg have announced they've signed Nick Stevens after uh, his head stints at, Glen- at Geelong and North Melbourne. So that's one there. Mm-hmm. Certainly in their outs. Yeah, that's uh, Max Proud retired, Toby Pink. Yeah, he's been Luke- picked up by North Melbourne and yep. all the best there. Absolutely. Luke Partington. Yeah, they're hoping that he's he'll come back towards the end of the year. So that's he's not out for the year okay. yet. Yeah. Uh, Brody Newman. Yeah, off to... Aberfeldy, so Lewis Racing, South Fremantle. Jordan Moore to yeah, the West Torrance. Yeah, looking for more opportunities because yep. he was mainly the uh, the twos and the Glenelg, let's remember, they were also a reserves premier, so there was a yep. fair bit of depth. Look, Ashton Moyer, for me, is a really interesting one in terms of... Hey, hey I'm a Carlton man. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited by this young lad. Oh, look, ability-wise, yep. don't worry. He was expected to go top five, top ten at worst before the start of this year. Mm-hmm. Now, the year... 
And I think the AFL dramatically got it wrong. I've always thought that. I think it's ridiculous that the players are doing year 12, trying to decide what you're going to do with your life, and while you're doing to try and get drafted, your big year to get drafted. I'd much rather have the draft year a year mm-hmm. older. I think that makes far more sense. Yep. Because Ashton had injuries this year and had an average year. You've also got 8 million bosses. Look, Max Michael Annie, let's remember that last year he had played at he played juniors at Nord, Ross Trevor, South, uh, South Australian under 18s, yep. trained with the Crows because he was also a chance of father-son selection. Yep. All Australian with the under 18s with the other stuff there. So you listen to that many bosses. Comes into Adelaide, starts off. Let's remember he was leading the BNF after five rounds. It's, you know, that's it's, unbelievable, isn't it? You know, and after he didn't make Nord's grand final side last year yep. in 22, got dropped after the prelim. But that's where he won me over, that most kids in that, after they dro- got dropped, would have been dummy. The- no, no, I- I'm just wrapped. I had the privilege to play two finals, really got involved before the game, mm-hmm. and that huge pats off, and he's very much, okay, his dad in Jim Piano, Michael Annie, is a Nord legend, yep. four-time premiership player, but don't worry. He he well and truly bought out. There's plenty of red and blue blood there, mm-hmm. and yeah. Huge respect to Max with that, and so do we. We're Ashton Moy. Yeah. We just don't know. Yep. Ability wise, geez, he can really play. Trust me, he can play. But it's got to wait and see. I like. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited as a Carl man yeah. hearing that. I mean, I yeah, did see I a little bit him. of his highlights, and I agree. I expected him to go oh, a little yeah. bit higher, and I think Carlton got him for a steal. Look, we just got to wait and see. Bodie Ryan, I really rate as a halfback thing. He showed a lot at Glenelg. He took a couple of marks running back against traffic. He, yep. There was a game I was commentating him against Nord at at, uh, at Nord, and I thought, geez, this kid doesn't lack anything there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I rate him. So when you're involved in a little bit with the 18s, you, you do get – You sort of get in a sneak peek, yeah, don't you? Yeah, so – and that – so they've lost – another one to travel. And look, Brady Sills left for opportunities again. So they've lost a couple of fringe guys, and – it's interesting. There's three there with travel. Like you just got to remember nowadays, they're Santa Fil. They're mm-hmm. not huge money and chance to do something else. And I don't think Santa Fil clubs help themselves. That they're already training and and things like that. I yeah, I just I don't think it's as quite as smart as it could be. But I get it. Well, shit. If we don't train, Adelaide and Port already are. Yep. So when Adelaide and Port do go to the VFL, whether that will then change, we just got to wait and see. Fair call. That's a great observation. For I sure. want, I want my my wish for the SNFL when Adelaide and Port Adelaide leave it is they jump all over where women's footy gave up that week and start a lot earlier. Yep. So that competition can really get some publicity after the eight thousand four hundred and fifteen Big Bash games finally finish. Mm-hmm. We're all clamouring for footy in February. Yes. I re- that's what I hope it does. Fair call. Uh, we'll put that on your Christmas wish list, yeah, I reckon. Mark That's Robinson not about... and I have had that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Fair call. All right. Um, we obviously wish Glenelg the best. Uh, we have talked uh, about Glenelg and how their league and reserves won the yeah. grand final. And There's plenty of depth there. Our YouTube channel, we've been doing some uh, video along with our uh, interviews and, and us talking. Um, and we take games from those players that we've talked to and have that going in the background while you're listening to us two Buffheads talk sport and obviously past players, past legends as well. And um, it's very interesting doing a bit of research there that 
the clubs that generally are doing pretty well have a league and reserves in a grand final yeah. almost at the same time. And, and that happened a little bit with Norwood back in 13, 12, 13, 14. Happened with North Adelaide a little more recently and obviously Glenelg. Yeah, I still haven't got around because there's not as much info on the reserves competition as there should be to try yeah. and do research. But Norwood's last year, certainly the first Premier to not make the uh, five in the reserves, yep. not play reserves finals in a long time. And it'd be interesting to actually find out who's the last club is before, where that's happened previously. I, I, a little bit of homework. Go back, yeah, trust me, I have tried to do a bit on it and... Yeah, it's not as easy to research as it should be. Fair enough. But obviously that's reflected a little bit in the Stanley Lewis Cup. uh, Yeah, it is. That that clubs that are generally pretty strong, they start at the 18s and go through to league and reserves. So There was um, one amusing part with that this year that I'd commentated Glenelg and I had Glenelg again next week. And I thought, well, that's good. Be able to see some of the same kids and learn who's a number and all that. It was college week, one week. Not available the next week. So it was only a casual 17 changes with Glenelg. Oh. And Glenelg got convincingly beaten by South. And um, I'd met the Glenelg coach and I said, geez, it's a bit of work to do. And he, yeah, I said, yeah, look, what you've got to do, go down to Sacred Heart, vandalise it, get it blamed on the Camparellis, get them expelled and all the rest expelled. <laughs> and he pissed himself laughing. And he said, that's really good, mate. So I, I got on really well yep. with him after that. Think outside that. the yeah, square, just, for sure. Yeah, just a bit of fun. Now, I know we've talked about, uh, or we're talking about Glenelg here as part of the SNFL segment um, uh, in our Around the Grounds today, but probably we need to mention that uh, Norwood have now hired Nathan Bassett. Yeah, look, welcome back, Bass, obviously. It's going to be interesting to see how it works. He's the coach of the coaches. And just to have Bass back involved and Greg Melton, Scotty Bassett back involved in a bit more of a role in the fitness side of things. Yep. So a bit of the, the old band coming back. Yeah. And uh, certainly a B Zorzi was pumping that up last night on the Nord Facebook page. And we appreciate past player Brett that he's willing to put himself out there and, and really plug it. And that, um, so yeah, look, it's exciting to have Bass back involved. It's just going to be interesting to see how it works. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, Jade Rawlings or Twig uh, yeah. at the helm, uh, but a bit of a steadying voice, uh, someone of Nathan's uh, experience, not only at SNFL level, but AFL level uh, in the background can only be a positive for Nord. And we've talked uh, about it previously uh, off air that, um, you know, Bass really got things going for Nord in. 2012, 13, and 14, but it really started with the juniors. Yeah, look, and that's something Bass really pushed. And he, he has said that that's always his most proud bit. There was eight, nine, ten more juniors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kerwin, Jeffries, Julia. Okay, Dora had been at Sturt a bit, but then yep. with that group and the Nord Party Bass and, and that. And Bass was really proud of that side of it. And yep. So he should be. Absolutely. Um, so hopefully that's an area where I think Nord have neglected a bit. Um, I think there is a bit to work with with a few from last year, so I really hope that sort of comes back to the, the fore again. As Nord people, we watched that one with interest, yes. but uh, we were going to move on to Adelaide United in the soccer. Back in the winner's circle, winning 3-1 against Western United. Gauchi, yeah. very, very impressive. He's a good keeper. He, yeah, he, geez, he covers his area well, uses his big body and that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, look, after the bizarre result of 5-1 against Sydney, who had who were bottom before, the week before, and 5-1 at home, too, yeah. not even away. So yeah. it was a crazy result. Um, 
So three wins, a draw and a loss, and yeah, up around the mark, and yeah, so promising signs. Absolutely. Uh, Adelaide uh, got a crucial game coming up against MacArthur FC, so we'll watch that one with interest, yep. but uh, currently sitting third on the table, um, really at this stage, anything's possible, and they've shown that they can do it. Uh, maybe uh, the abnormality here was the game against uh, Sydney, it was the wake-up call that they might have needed. We can only hope. Absolutely. Irukunda was uh, very, very good again, yes. and... They're starting to get a core group of players there that are starting to work very, very nicely, and um, we might get Mary on at some stage yes, to, to we should talk about that. And we've got some exciting news to announce a little bit later on with Mary about that as well. So okay. we'll, we'll, we'll keep that one in the back pocket for now. But okay. um, staying with soccer, very, very briefly, uh, Sam Kerr withdraws from the friendlies against Canada. Yeah, friendlies. You suspect that Chelsea may have put a they bit may of, have said something bit of pressure. Look. She's our number one commodity with with women's football, so we just wish her that yeah, we need it. We need her to play when it counts. So absolutely. Yeah. All right, mate. We're going to take a very very quick break. When we come back, David Payne, part two. You're listening to the Game On podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Past players, past legends, past legends. I was going to ask, coaches, you would have seen a few coaches at Norwood over your time through your 17s, 19s, reserves and obviously league. Just yep. talk about some of your coaches. Well, we had the, my first coach at Norwood was Ian Stafford. He, was, uh, he, he came from Port Adelaide. Um, and he was a, he was a tremendous coach. He, he was ex school teacher, uh, probably be retired now. Um, he put all the disciplines in place where he focused very heavily on the skill level, on 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 working with our hands and our feet. We were we we touched the ball hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times during our training sessions at uh, under 17s and I think that was a key to um, the development of some of the players that came through the system with, you know, that, that skill level. I think, you know, that, that, that form of training um, helped us immensely with our skill level. And I think that was one advantage for me anyway, because, you know, um, I, I, I was okay with the skills and you know, I was good with my hands. I was good with my kick. Um, and that all came from the tutelage that I got in under 17s so I think it was just embedded in me from a, from a young age Winnie helped and, in that regard as well didn't he oh we Winnie was great Winnie, yeah. Winnie, Winnie was more there as a leveller he was because yeah. you know I, I was a bit of a rat bag and you know I think most kids are when they're 16, 17 and I think he was just a bit of a leveller he was just laying down the law saying these yeah. are the things we want you to do and da 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 coming from big number 2-8 you didn't want to argue with him too yeah. much you took his advice and you did it, you know. You got the old walk around the oval every now and again. Yes, yep. You didn't. You didn't look forward to those too much. But he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't too harsh about it. He he just makes sure you explain where you went wrong, what you need to do, you know, where you need to focus. And I think that sort of individual tutelage was was uh, was very helpful from the two eight for sure. Uh, so then we had staff there. Then I went to nineteens. I had Frankie Leonard. Yep. Which we played in the nine, uh, sorry, the eighty-three grand right, final. Yeah. We had a tra- yeah. absolutely tremendous team, absolute ripper team. I mean, we had height, we had strength, yeah. we had 
pace. We had everything. It was just a really, really good side um, that we managed to, to win that final uh, pretty easily, I think, in the end. And then I had Barmy for quite some time, uh, which was, I think, for about eight years. I reckon I had him from 84 to 90, I reckon. Yep. That would have been yep, about certainly right. certainly was, yep. Yep. And so, then you know, yep. then, you, then you had Johnny McGuinness come in and you had a few, you had Craigie. Bruce Winter and yep. whatever, yeah. And then, then obviously Neil Craig took over in 91. Yep, yep. I think took yep. over in 91, which was a hell of a surprise to all of us because we all um, all played against the guy and uh, to see him walk through the door on that sort of November or December of uh, 90. Of 1990 was a hell of a surprise to all of us, I think. And yeah, do you want me to say much more on that, Malcolm? Go for oh, it. <laughs> out to you, Punny, on that one. Look, let's just say you didn't have a the best parting with Nord Footy Club, and no, communi- no, no, no. communication could and should have been a lot better. Yeah, I, I think you find I'm probably not the only one no. in that boat, right? There was there was quite a few in that boat, and I think. Um, I would have, you know, someone said something to me the other day and it was really quite poignant that, you know, you think at that stage of the career where I only had six games to make 200 or, you know, maybe eight games to make 200, yeah. if, if you know what I'm saying. Like it yeah. was in that year yeah. that, I, that I would have got all the support and help just to get me over the line. Yeah, no, it was a bit. That's that, you know. You know, let's let's get this guy. Let's let's pump him up. Let's make him feel good. Let's get his two hundred games. Let him make. You know, he's played for a long time. So there was none of that, right? So um, the, you know, you don't want to get me going on it because I had a, I had a discussion with a couple of fellas the other week about it, and I get a bit wound up about it because it it can uh, it tends to upset me because I think some things happened around the footy club then that they now think that uh, they should have been done a little bit differently. Oh, look, and I will say, I will say to Craigie's credit, because we actually had him on a um, few weeks ago, Paney, he does admit that he would have done several things differently. And uh, and that's, I I will give Neil well and truly his dues that he recognises that he made mistakes as well. That's exactly right. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm just saying. That's exactly what I said. Yep. So whatever they may be, I'm, I'm not going to go into. Yeah. But but there could have things he, that, 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 that he and the footy club could have done a little bit better. Yeah. All right, we'll leave that one where it is. But we need to talk about 1991 leading goal kicker. Uh, you did mention before that you don't mind a sausage roll. You know, winning a a, a, a leading goal kicker at any club, let alone a SANFL club, uh, is a fantastic achievement. Yeah, look, I was, I was, look, you, you actually don't realise, you, you don't actually, you know, um, you don't actually think about these things during the year or how many goals you kicked or whatever. You, you, you just go and you play your game and, you, and they add up at the end and then you're lucky enough to win it. But Still I know you started to have a shot from the kick out, Paney, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, I knew you were around look, the mark then, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know Ducks was spewing because <laughs> yes, because I nailed him. And he was, well, we were, I don't know, it was only about two or three weeks to go, and he was sitting, oh, I got you, Paney, I got you, I'm going to get you. <laughs> well, he, well, you didn't, Ducks, did you? So there you go, no, I'm only kidding. But, <laughs> um, it, it was, 
it's, it's look, it's not about that. It's just that yeah, I was man. I managed to have a re, you know a reasonable year. I think we got the meritorious award that year for which finishes in the top five or six yep. or yep. whatever in the, yep. in the award. So yeah, yeah. So had a reasonably consistent year, um, and uh, yeah, as I said, I stuck ducks are still spewing on me. So that's you know. It was it was nice to win that award, yeah, for sure. And of course, then you went out to Paraka, Painy, and you you had the ultimate success of coaching Paraka as well. And that probably was your the club. You is that your favourite club in terms of coaching and that oh, look, along that's the great, journeys? Great. You know, fantastic footy club. You know, fan, fan, well run. You know, good people. You know, down to earth people. Um, re, re, loved the, loved my time there, and you know, they were just fantastic people. I mean, Froggy was coaching. Roger Murdoch was yeah. coaching. Yeah, at the at the time that uh, I was there, and he he knew I'd retired, and he just gave me a call and, and yep. he said come out. Yep, and so I went out there and we played the grand final that year and we lost. Um, and then Froggy coached the following year and yep. we we beat we beat Athelston in a grand final there, which was a was pretty tough game. And then I played for I played one more year. Um, after that, I played. Uh, well, I can't remember exactly where it was, but um, yeah, I played one more year, I think, and then put 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 in for the coaching job there and, and missed it. And I was bloody livid. I was spewing that I missed the coaching job. Um, so I sat out for a year, and then the bloke who coached didn't coach the following year. So okay. I reapplied it. So I reapplied again, and I got the job. Right. So I, so I I coached ninety six, ninety seven, ninety eight yeah, at Cracker. Yep. Yep. Which was uh, yeah, ninety six was a was sort of a you know, you, you, using the feelers a bit, you know, trying to find your feet and get you know, w- in what way am I going to coach? What what aspects am I going to concentrate on? Like it was a bit bit nerve wracking uh, to see, but once you got into the gist of it and 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 you you got your system worked out, it was good. And we were, I don't know, we finished sixth or seventh, I think, that first year. And then the following year we. We went premiers, so and of course, President uh, Roger Steen of uh, Steen Crash Repairs, a yes, uh, sponsor yeah, of yeah. the show. Thank you, Craig. So there, yeah, there you are. You would Steen don't worry that was that was always going to get a mention. Yep. Yeah, no, nah, ripper ripper people those yes. Steens. I tell yeah. you, they're yep. ripper blokes. Bloody oath. But you know, he was president, and he he was over the moon that we we were managed to to win that. So then we went to Div One the following year, and played in Div One. I think we won two or three games. A pretty pretty. You know, we, we tried to recruit as much as we could, but we just, you know, uh, you know, it's really funny. These amateur amateur clubs, it's you got to you got to try and get the kid, the guys to training, yeah. and if you can get them to training, you're half a chance. Yeah. And and I, and and sometimes, um, you know, people look at they want success, but it's because you know a lot of these boats don't train. I understand they work and got commitments, family, whatever. But you know that that's that's a key. You need to train and train as a team and bond as a unit. And and that's why I reflect on units. And I always have prior to my with with my prior experiences. The unit gets you through. It's not you. It's not any individuals. It's the unit that gets you through. And if that unit can bond and and have some feelings for each other and Get on well together. You, you're home and hose. You're yes. halfway there. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good philosophy that yeah. uh, all these interviews that we've done uh, over the last twelve months with a lot of uh, players, they've all sort of said that uh, the individual stuff's great, but the uh, the team is where it's ultimately at. I mean, we can take that situation, what I just explained to you, as a in, in a footy sense, but it's not just a footy sense. It's a work. It's a work 
you can adapt all those uh, um, policies to your work. Yeah, if absolutely. you have a great yeah. unit and there's great people working, you all work together and you'll communicate. You have a great working atmosphere yeah. and you you have a productive yeah. yes. work atmosphere. So That's the key it's word. only it's the only it's the same in anything. You any team sport, if you can be productive together and be you know, as, as one if, if if that means anything, um, you will succeed in whatever you do or you'll do it very well anyway, you know. So that that's it's just that harmonious atmosphere. And that's what I, I got out of that 97 team. That, uh, the 97 team was, uh, you know, yeah, it was Saffa and it was the second best yeah. competition in the league at the moment. But, yeah. it, you know, they were just good blokes. So they could play and they, they, loved, they loved each other and yeah. they were just good blokes. So... You know, and I still have. I still catch up with some of those blokes, and I see them around the place, and they like rippers. They're rippers. Yeah. Now, Painty, in the era you played, let's be honest, it was an era very much of drinking and socialising. You know, whether you won, whether you lost, we all caught up together. You know, you you think of Sam, Sam's, etc., along those lines that it and everything. You know, then there was the Bay Disco. It really was an era of drinking. And you and I admit, you know, uh, more than had our problems. And yep. the key for me is really to stop bullshitting yourself. Um, and you probably went through a fair bit there where, you know, life wasn't great with your own choices and, you know, you went to a recovery there and obviously problems, your know, marriage split up back together again and all that side of things. But, yep. Penny, for me... The key bit is just to finally be honest, and that's where I think a lot of and it's not only blokes, so don't dare get me wrong there. But it's a, until I finally was honest to myself was my key thing. Where yeah, I, well, you're totally that, right. Yeah, you've hit the nail right on the head. I think being honest, having having good support as well, because you know when you're going through that, to have no support, I. It, it probably is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. But having support from loved ones, you know, wives, uh, you know, my wife Lisa was a great yeah. support through it all. Um, family, you know, brothers, sisters, um, you know, yeah, helping I've got you to th- out. Same you thing. Know, I've so, got to say, Camara and my kids as well. You know, your family, your yeah. kids for put, putting up with you and, and then, yeah. then welcoming you back. I mean, there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a huge thing. But honesty is, a, is an amazing thing because – um, that that helps um, uh, helps free you if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, I don't know oh, if that it makes does. any sense to anybody else. But yeah. the, if you if you're lying about your drinking or your gambling or whatever it is, it that you haven't got a good inner feeling. It doesn't matter. You can lie about anything. You can bullshit yeah. to your best mate. Yeah, and you, he could believe you, and you and you're lying. Uh, it's it's not good. It doesn't make you feel good. So I mean, the lying's out of it for me. I, you know, it's no bullshitting for me anymore. Yeah. I just speak the truth. Yeah. And then for if you don't like it, that's fine. But you know, that's the way I feel. And you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to anybody. Just tell them the truth. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I think you, you stick with it. I totally get that. Yeah. You know, some conversations you and I have had over the journey and all that, and it was. It was just both of us just being blatantly honest to each other, and we mm. both knew we both knew if the other person was bullshitting, you just see through it. You you just pick things and all that, and we we both of us knew 
with various other yeah. things and all that. And, you just and, learn. And what what actually happens, like, you know, your trust, the integrity that, that you gain by doing all those the things that are right, uh, uh, why, why, far outweigh the other side of it, you know, the lying and the cheating and, you know, whatever it is that you, that you, whatever you do that's, you know, you're lying about. I just think that, you know, you just could just be truthful. I mean. Any comments about Carabram painting? Well, unfortunately, it's not there anymore. But, oh. you know, it was, it was a tremendous uh, for me because, you know, I, was, I, I spent seven months there. Yeah. And, you know, there was 20, 30 blokes there at one time, you know, coming and going and, um, you know, a f- um, few of them have passed. Um, yet they didn't succeed in their in their travels. Yep. Unfortunately, some yeah. some fell by the wayside. Yeah. And yeah, I don't. I know of two or three that have that have passed. I know. I know that a couple are flying and going really, really well. Um, and the time down there was absolutely um, uh, life changing in yeah. a way. Yeah. And something you need. You know, I needed to do. You know, it was probably a bit scary, you know, lonely. You know, yeah. um, I was worried about. You know, it was it was a ter- it was a terrible time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, wasn't 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 uh, it wasn't I wasn't safe and secure by any means. But what happened was you 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 turned yourself around. You made yourself into what I am today, and that's a lot a lot better person than yeah what I was back then. So. Um, hey, so be it. If it costs you seven months out of your life to be, a, you know, pretty reasonable bloke, I think um, that's okay, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. bloody oath, mate. absolutely. You know, I mean, if you, if you, if yeah, uh, well, I won't. You know, if you, if you're just not a nice person, well, you're gonna, and you don't do anything about it, well, you, you're just going to hurt people. So yeah. No, no, I'm happy. Some... It was it was a great, great. It was great. It was it was it was good fun. Uh, I should say, but that in regards to the learning experience, experience and yeah. finding out what I needed to do to get myself right. Yeah, and some people it from Nord who helped you along the journey. You know, Fanner obviously, but Neegs, Max Fitzner, and of course the wonderful man Andrew Ash. You know, oh, um, those, he's those an incredible person, Andrew Ash. No, I I don't know a better person. Uh, frankly, you know, the, the, than Andrew. Yeah. Um, look, blokes like Max Fister and Rick Nagel and 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 uh, the, to name, there's quite a few. You yeah. know, there's quite a few people that that were that were on the board there that that helped us out. Um, it was amazing that they actually um, they cared if, in, in one way or another. So, yeah, no, I, I was absolutely gobsmacked, and I had regular communication with quite a few of them, and I have little bit of regular communication with a few of them still now. Yeah. Not as not as often as what I used to. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, I'm I'm uh, up and flying. So yeah. yeah. Go, you know, in terms of then just getting your life back together, Penny, you would, you know, then back with the gardening game a little bit for a while and and all that, and then eventually working, you know, ironically probably, but. It was a courageous decision by Nord and a courageous decision by yourself to run the gaming centre and all that at, at North East for a fair while. And so you were around temp- well, I didn't temptations. Run, I didn't run it. I you know what I mean. There. You know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. I, I look, I, look I, I took that on board because it was, you know, it's no good ignoring it. You know, hit it straight on. Yeah. Confront your issues straight away, you know. 
Um, and it wasn't a problem for me working out at the Northeast. You know, it wasn't a problem at all. I did about four and a half years there nearly, three and a half, four years, and absolutely loved it and mm. uh, enjoyed the the, the, um, the relationship with all the customers and, and the people there and the staff. It was fantastic. Unfortunately, that, that ended um, with some unforeseen circumstances, but um, that's okay. I've taken on a new role and now work down the produce market. So... Uh, with free, uh, fresh fruit and veg, so yep. yep, so that's fine. And I've been there for the last three and a half years, so fantastic. Enjoy it. Stole my thunder a little bit there. I was going to ask what are you up to these days, but uh, sounds, oh, sounds my, like you're loving it. Oh, look, Malcolm knows Pat Ruggiero, my yep. boss. Yep, and Pat's Pat's been a mad Red League supporter yes. for as long as you can, you know. And uh, Pat rang me one day and said, Look, I've got a job down here. Can we come and, yeah, and I said, Yeah. And, he, and then we, yeah, we get on like a house on fire, and he's, um, he's just, he's just red legs mad. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that job suits me. It's an early start in the morning and a, an early finish in the day, but, you know, I get me a few hours sleep and I'm up after that, so it's all good. I'll tell you one thing, Payne. You were fantastic with particularly the elderly and that at the Northeast. You, you had a lot of the, a lot of them eating out of the palm <laughs> of your hand. You were, you were very good out there in that way, Bill. Oh, it was good fun. Look, yeah. I, look, I must admit, I do miss those, some of those parts. You know, yeah. hosting the birth, you know, hosting the birthdays or hosting yeah. the Melbourne Cup and doing things like that, having a bit of fun, you know, a bit of stirring up and whatever, whatever. And yeah, I do enjoy that side of it. I do enjoy doing that. Actually, I did. Me and Lester did the, or Lester yeah. and I did the Melbourne Cup at the Nord Footy Club uh, only what a week ago. Yep, last Tuesday or something, and uh, that was a bit of fun. We had a bit of fun with, uh, with a few guests, and yeah, it was good fun. So yeah, I enjoy that bit of bit of fun and mucking around. Yeah, it's good. All right, mate. What we uh, like to do to get you out of here on a few last questions: uh, favorite players you played with? Oh, look, favorite player in what regard? Well, so you say favorite player, but then there's just different ones, you know. There's there's the tough ones. Go whatever you know, angle you yeah. want, painting. You know, there's the there's the skillful one, and the, oh look, maybe pick maybe pick three. The two that come to mind, the two that come to mind are obviously Gary and yes. Michael. Yes. Okay. Yep. They're probably the two. Um, for their just complete brilliance on what they do. And I, look, I was fortunate enough to play with Gary. He was my captain in 1981. Yep. So I'd I'd. I played with him in 1981, and he was just a machine, um, and was a machine for most of his life playing league football. So, um, and then I got the introduction to to Ace, who'd, who'd you know who'd won a McGarry Medal two years prior to my first game. Yep. So you know, and then you got Neville Roberts, and yeah, you know, well, you know, you know, for anyone. He, he would hardly miss a goal, wouldn't he? Yeah. Like you know, for, yeah. for set shots, you know. Uh, then you got your blokes like your Tommy Warhurst, who was tough as nails, and you know your skillful Duncan Fosdykes, and I mean, there's just, just go on. Um, but you know, obviously, Michael, you know, Keith Thomas. I mean, his dedication and just yeah. the person Keith is probably ahead of his time know? a bit in that way. KT. Uh, well, Keith, Keith is just. A great human being. Yeah, he's just one of the nicest blokes uh, you'll ever meet. He'll speak honestly. Yeah, he, you know, he'll tell you the truth. He won't beat around the bush. Uh, he just tells you how it is. 
and and the way he analyzes things and the way he goes about things, yeah, just that's a you good, just, good word. For you could just sit, you, yeah. you could just sit and listen to him talk yeah. about whatever he's talking about, because he 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 studied it, he knows about it, and he's he's talking about it from. So you know, we catch up, you know, two or three, four times a year, Keith and I and Pat, and we have a bit of a yeah. lunch and a barbie or whatever. Yeah, and he, I just love his company. I just think he's a he's a tremendous fella. So yeah, there's a whole range of players that you just that, that are all different in their own characteristics, and you just love the way some of them played. So, you know. Hardest yeah, opponent, Penny? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, ma- because ma- were... Maybe give yeah. us a couple. Uh, well, I'd say because I got brutalised when I was only, you know, 53 kilos and I was jockey weight, you know, Scott Salisbury was, you know, he was brutal to me when I, in my yeah. early days. Yeah, and it, I think he had something to do with that preliminary yeah, final. In I was thinking, I was thinking that, David. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, but not only that, I think it was a, another few times anyway. Yeah. Yep. Um, that that's in toughness was like you know that's yeah. toughness. There was there was a there was a guy that played for Centrals who was a really tough. Um, oh, name forgives me for a minute. That's what happens when you get a little bit older. Um, was it Pittman? Yeah, Pittman. Yeah, Mark Pitt. Yeah, he Mark, was a fair player. Yeah, a, a little player. stocky. Yeah, now, stocky. You know, yep, yep. Yeah, he was tough. And there was a little guy. He played for Sturt. Now he's going to rate. He's he wrote Richter. John Richter. Yep. John yep. Richter. Now, although he was probably not the slimmest, mm. just tough to stand. Just wouldn't let you an inch. Like, not not so much physical, but he, everywhere you went, he was there. So. Yeah, I found him uh, pretty hard to stand, and the, yeah, that, that's about it. Look, Barney, greatly appreciated. We are due to catch up as well, and that yes, side yeah. of things. Um, always enjoy your company. Always enjoy our honesty towards each other, and that side of things, and uh, support each other along the journey. Uh, greatly appreciated, David, and look forward to catching up soon, mate. Lovely. Look, thanks a lot, guys. Look, appreciate your call. And, um, yeah, fantastic. Talk soon. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thanks, thanks, guys. Bye. And we've just had Paney on. Uh, fantastic to, um, you know, hear about his life's trials and tribulations and how he was able to to get over it and, and obviously uh, a little bit of a retreat away there for a few months certainly held him in good stead. And I know there's something that's close to your heart um, and, and certainly that interview brought that out as well. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a bit unique. David and I have got a bond together, which goes way beyond footy. Um, obviously, he's, you know, we're always going to talk footy towards each other, but mm-hmm. we confided a bit in each other. Are the trials and tribulations over that, over the journey on both of us. So that's, yeah, in that way, it's a, it's something I value and Probably just leave it at that. Yeah, fair call. Absolutely amazing that, uh, you know, he was very open and very honest and sort of pointing out that, uh, you know, be truthful, don't be a dickhead. Don't bullshit. uh, Don't bullshit. Exactly right. And um, I thought that was probably the biggest takeaway and and obviously his football career. And then now, you know, he was back involved with Nord for a little while. Um, now moving on to a new job uh, with a very, very passionate Nord supporter. And yeah. it's just amazing how the Nord family has put their arms around yeah. one of their own and, and helped them out. And, you know, that's what footy clubs are all about. Yeah, and huge, yeah, as we said, there was a few people he mentioned there and, you know, and Andrew Aish and mm-hmm. a few, few, 
notes and yeah, a few of the boys there. Yeah, huge credit. Absolutely. Liking this podcast? Please like, rate, and subscribe. Happy days. We kick off happy days today with a little bit of a sad happy birthday, but I think it's poignant that we remember this. But uh, Philip Hughes, uh, Australian cricketer, born in New South Wales, played for South Australia and played for the Strikers. Yeah, look, and I, I just want to get it out there. There's a, there's a cricketer who gets a lot of abuse and around the traps in Michael Clark, and if people had any idea that basically that funeral happened because of Michael Clark, he virtually ended up doing everything. Look, the he has spoken on numerous occasions. It wasn't just a one token phone call. Every South Australian player replied. Yep. He's contacted the East Torrens people who were there at the funeral as well. Uh, again, not just once. Um, he cops a lot of abuse. Honestly, I he's a class. He, class is how I sum up all of that. Mm-hmm. And he's someone I will go to the nth to bat for because maybe I know a bit from talking to people. Yep. Some of the South Australian guys and East Torrens guys and, yeah, Enormous respect. Absolutely, I know that you were uh, you were excited to see this one on the run sheet that we we're able to you know uh, pay tribute to to Philip Hughes. Uh, obviously, playing for two seasons with New South Wales before making his Test debut in two thousand and nine at the age of twenty. Yeah. That just doesn't happen these days. You know, there's players that that uh, that oh, are starting their career a lot later. Bang the two hundreds against yeah. South Africa over there, and look. He then had been dropped. You know, let's remember he was also batting with Agar, that famous famous innings where Hughes ended up seventy eight, not out, or you know, around there. Yep. Um, look, and Mark Wall was there as the Australian selector was going to tell him at the tea break that he was back in the test. Yeah. Side. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Happy birthday. Uh, that would have been a happy birthday to Philip Hughes and we obviously remember him and, and his family during, uh, you know, these testing times of birthdays and Christmases. And Oh, look, and another one, and it would be remiss not for me not to mention it. Uh, the late Chris Grigg would have turned 60 earlier this week. Um, yeah, and that's uh, still incomprehensible. Absolutely. All right, mate, we'll move on. Um, we'll talk uh, tennis Uh 1914, we're going back a fair way here, mate. I had to dig really deep into the uh, the history books, but the Australasian Championships, uh, men's tennis, uh, all-Australian final of Arthur O'Hara Woods beats Gerald Patterson, 6-4, 6-3, yeah, Mate, th- was this a game that you were attending? Yeah, I thought Woody was just a bit too good for Pato on that occasion, so yeah. Absolutely. Good to see an All-Australian final uh, in Australia as well in Melbourne. Uh, We move on to soccer. 2015, Jamie Vardy scores for Leicester City in a one-all draw against Manchester United. Now, you might say, wow, it's one-all, doesn't really matter. But Jamie Vardy scores for the 11th consecutive game. Unbelievable. The Vardy party was well and truly alive at that stage. And look, I still say... Leicester City winning that championship is one of the all-time great sporting achievements. You know, mm-hmm. you think of all the money which English mm-hmm. soccer and this little club wins it. Yes. It's just huge. It's still 
mind-boggling. We might hold, hold fire yeah. on that one a little bit. Uh, uh, as we're getting towards the end of the year, we, we might do a, a, an episode where we might do our top 10 yeah. best sporting moments or uh, – uh, sporting moments of the the year and also sporting moments yeah. in general and have a bit of a chat about that. So yep. you're right, uh, but soccer, you don't really score all that often. No. So to score 11 consecutive oh, games incredible. is a man, magnificent Huge. achievement. Uh, we move on to cricket. Uh, every time we talk cricket and every time I do my research in what happens at around about this week in cricket, 1931, Australian cricket master Don Bradman scores 226 in his first test appearance versus South Africa in the first test in Brisbane. Unbelievable. I laugh where people still try to say, oh, you only played against a few countries and you know, it was the bowling wasn't as good. Well, he batted on wet wickets. Yep. He batted with a toothpick. Yep. Boundaries were out. You don't didn't score the fours and sixes like you can now. There were so many things. Basically, he still averages nearly double anyone else. Yep. Bradman, Gap, anyone else. Move on. Yep, fair call. And we finish off with basketball, mate. 2015 yeah. NBA star Kobe Bryant, the LA Lakers, announces his intention to retire at the end of the season. Probably poignant with, uh, oh, with our, abuse, yeah. what we're talking about yeah. today in that uh, wrong place, wrong time. Just incredible, yeah. Absolute star of the game and uh, sadly missed. Yeah. <laughs> Kick off with baseball, mate. Uh, We talked about the Adelaide Giants kicking off their season here in Adelaide last week, winning a 3-1 sweep here in Adelaide, and uh, they've not only gone over to Perth, but they've gone one better and uh, absolutely stamped themselves as uh, the front runners in the ABL. 7-1 7-1 at the moment. Also pretty incredibly, 62 runs for 19 against. And, you know, 43 40, run yeah, difference. It, which is just ridiculous. It, it's effectively probably nearly worth an extra win mm-hmm. if they ended up tying. Yep. So, yeah, it, the start of the season has just been incredible. Yeah, ridiculous. The uh, nearest team to them is the Melbourne Aces sitting with five wins, three yeah. losses with a, a differential of only 11th. So yeah. 43 and 11 and everyone else is in the negative is absolutely unbelievable. and uh, mind-boggling. It is mind-boggling. The uh, Adelaide Giants are set to play the Sydney Blue Sox in their next game, so we wish them the best of luck there. And, gee, they could really take a stranglehold of the ABL this year. Yeah, and we Certainly hope so. Absolutely. And uh, like we've talked about with the WBBL, we support any team that's going oh, yeah. really, really well that's looking for a uh, a premiership or a pennant. Um, and in this case, they're putting themselves in a pretty good uh, place to do it. Curtis Mead, uh, part of yeah. uh, the Giants, obviously back in Adelaide as part of his pre-season or uh, Christmas break, uh, does get to practice. I did see an, uh, an article that he does get to practice a little bit with the guys and Sort of feels a part of the Giants still, even though that he's uh, contracted to the uh, Tampa Bay Rays in the MLB. Yeah, it's great that he's around. It's it's good. I think it's also good for baseball here, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's good publicity and etc. Absolutely. All right, we uh, we're going to circle back to the SNFL. We didn't get a chance to talk yeah. about it uh, last time, but uh, former Adelaide Crows small forward Jimmy Rowe rushed to hospital after a Bali incident. He had a bit of a scooter crash. Caused his knee, he had some sort of cut, I think, on his knee, requiring three or four stitches. Uh, then blew up uh, like a watermelon after a, um, a bit Swimming. of a dip uh, in the Murray. Yeah, so probably good learning bit. Look, we just wish Jimmy all the best. I haven't spoken to Stephen to Rowie about it. 
He has um, talked on Radio yeah, 5 on AA radio, a little yes, bit about yeah. it as well. So we're sort of learning about yeah, it through him. That, just purely through him at the moment, yep. moment publicly. So yep. um, I'll touch base with Roe in the next day or so. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, look, I've got a lot of time for Jimmy. I, I think he should still be on the Adelaide list personally. I'd have him before Lockie Murphy in a, in a mm-hmm. yeah, any time. That's we nothing have, against Lockie yep. at all. But, yeah, I rate Jimmy. I rate his footy smarts. I, I'm more of that than the than what looking for the someone who can lay 10 to 15 tackles. I'm yep. more the footy nouse person. Absolutely. That's my, my feelings in general. Uh, we've talked about it previously. You've mentioned it right there that we still think that uh, he should be on Adelaide's yeah, list. I think so. Um, absolutely. Gun, had a gun year at uh, yeah. Woodville West Torrens and, and hoping that uh, this is just a little bit of a minor setback and looking forward to seeing him at the SNFL level again yeah. next year. So best of luck to, uh, to Jimmy. Jun- Junior Rowe or Jimmy Rowe there. Yep. Uh, we move on to car racing, mate. The Adelaide 500 was in Adelaide and wow, what an event. Yeah, look, there's still some people carry on about. Look, I think we've got to remember that businesses had two years with COVID, so it's desperately needed to get life back in the economy, life well, back and the into, city. The t- into the city. Yeah. You know? Personally, I, I think Peter Malinowski's been incredible for the state and, and that. And yeah, okay, you can say, oh, you're biased or whatever. But I, I just think overall you just got to look where we are. I think he's best things it's lost breed as far as I'm concerned. Fair call. Uh, yeah. A bit of drama in the first race where um, uh, Van Gisbergen was involved in a little bit of a skirmish that uh, sort of handed Kostecki the championship uh, there and then. Um, yeah. Unbelievable, but uh, Adelaide was alive once again. Yeah. And Kostecki, as he said, eight poles this year is incredible. So, yeah, look, he's deserved winner. Absolutely, and absolutely amazing that uh, once you're on pole, it was hard to get him off of it because uh, he had a fantastic year and Van Gisbergen finishing second and um, getting a little bit of a run here in Adelaide, but not the result that he was looking yeah. for. But we start again next year and it yeah. all starts all over again. Uh, we move on to golf. Minwoo Lee has been crowned the winner of the Australian PGA Championship after a comfortable victory at Royal Queensland. We might get Craig on to have a yeah. little bit of a chat about this in the next couple of weeks. But, geez, the weekend was... A bit of a character, was, too. Yeah. yeah. Good good for the sport. Um, you know, a couple of funny things with a hat and mixed with everyone. So, yeah, it definitely seems like a character. And, yeah, Craig can probably enlarge us on a bit on that. Cam Smith... Disappointing. Yes. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to get we'll get, get Craig's point of view. Absolutely. Uh, Min Woo, I think, has got a bit of competition from his sister. I think yeah. it is who's yeah. breathing down his neck, going, "Well, if you can do it, I can do it as well." Yes. So that's going to be an interesting dynamic as well. And uh, basketball thirty sixes, two big games coming up against the New Zealand Breakers. Uh, away on the 30th and also the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers on the 2nd of December. These are two very critical games for the Adelaide uh, 36 this season. If they're going to end up being remotely competitive and a chance to make it, they've really got to win both games and try and get it back roughly even money again to then go from there. Absolutely. Currently sitting 8th with four wins and seven losses. You're right, a couple of wins would bring it up to six wins, seven losses. Maybe keeps them within the hunt. You've said previously their ability to draw a crowd, regardless oh. of their results, is amazing, and it's something that a lot of sports need to really take note of. Yeah, I, they are. They, they are the bench press, and every other sport should be racking their brains. What are they doing that we're not? 
All right, mate. We'll finish off with the good, the bad, the ugly. What about you? Good for the week? I want to go the memes on terms of Australia winning the World Cup. Some of the stuff's been very, very clever, and you know the the hangout, the wedding, the hangover yes. stuff with Travis and Mitch Marsh. It's been very clever. Look, as far as I'm concerned, the bad and ugly will combine that in terms of just the stupidity of this series being played in India now. Mm-hmm. It's just greedy ridiculous, it's not respecting the game, and it's not respecting the players in the game. It's yep. crap. Absolutely. Uh, my good for the week, uh, AFLW, Monique Conti, uh, yep. obviously winning the uh, best and fairest player uh, of the competition, but also a cross-coder. So there's a little bit of interest there that you're, you're right. You did say a little bit earlier that she's a bit of a sports nut, and it's yep. certainly coming out. Um, also, just with the AFLW, North Melbourne making their first grand final, yep. Uh, Geelong almost pulling off the impossible. Yeah. Exciting times for the AFLW. So, for me, that's my good for the week. Yeah, it's fair. Um, along with, you know, obviously Australia winning the World Cup, which we did talk about a little bit last yeah, week. We... My my bad and my ugly, I think I have to be in the same boat as you, is that the India-Australia T20 playing almost instantly after a World Cup uh, final, um, you know, sort of, I'm scratching my head going that the calendar's so packed as it is and now you've got, uh, you know, players that have want to celebrate with their teammates have now got to back up and play t- t- T20 matches. It's no wonder we're not getting the results. Uh, ridiculous. My bad also is uh, it's not you, Pete. I, we, we may have recorded this already <laughs> at the show and it didn't record. We had a problem with machinery. So it's not a Graham Corns incident where he forgot to press the button to take the Lance Armstrong thing. So nope. we've had a bit of technical difficulties. We have. I'll tell you what, if it hasn't taken this time, that machine might get thrown, mate. So, <laughs> mate yeah. No, I think we're good to go. And Not a problem. Like always, thank you, mate, for your time yes. tonight. Uh, a little bit extended. Yes. But as per usual, we promise to do better, mate, and thank you once again. Pretty keen for some tea, just quietly. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at Sportscast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On. 